As Kyle mentioned, this is something that we've been talking about for a while, but like true walk that I've had with the Lord, um, I came up with a sermon that was a part of my heart about a week ago or so and really began to write it down. And I'm going to bust my wife here. She looked at what I prepared and said, is that what's in your heart? And I said, yeah, but there's something. She said, there's something more. And so I went back to God and said, God, what's in your heart? I don't want to deliver anything this morning that's from me, even though it's difficult for me to get out of the way of God. This is something I believe God wants to share with you. And um, so hopefully God will use this for you. Now, of course, we're talking about a a series of single topics, singleness, sex, marriage. Last week, Tim talked about marriage and gave some really good advice on how how to handle conflict in marriage. And for the married couples here, I'm sure it resonated with you a little bit. And for those that aren't married, you can still use these same, same properties, same um, uh, encouragements in your own life. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a, a, a husband or a wife, God can use these things for you wherever you're at and sort of prepare you for maybe the next phase of your life. Before I do that, though, part of the parenting is about family. And I just wanted to lift one thing up for you guys. I like your, your agreement and prayer this morning. Uh, we have a family member, so to speak, in the Lord who lives in Kazakhstan that Al's known for many years. I've gotten to be a good friend with him as well. His name's Daniel. He has a church, a school, and a business in Kazakhstan. He's been living his life out loud for Christ in a place that can be somewhat dangerous to live your life out loud for Christ. God's protected him up to this point. He's been there for, I think, almost 30 years with his family. He raised his family there. And uh, just recently, there was someone that got a burr up their saddle about him made some false accusations. He actually had to go to court, and the judge has found him guilty. I'm not sure what of, other than sharing faith. Um, and on basically trumped up charges that he could lose his business, his school that he's started, and also his church, uh, and be deported or worse. And so uh, he's right now been found guilty. They're waiting for maybe an appeal to this, and he's not whether sure whether he should fight it or what he should do. So if you would join me uh, to pray for our brother Daniel in Kazakhstan, that God would give him wisdom, and also his family, peace, because they're obviously in the midst of a lot of turmoil there in that part of the world. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you love each one of your children, and that's part of what is on my heart today, Lord, how much you love your children. And certainly Daniel's a guy that you really love, and I, we just pray this morning in agreement that you'd be with our brother there, that you'd give him wisdom, you protect he and his wife Sarah and their children, all their friends, Lord, that, uh, that they go to church with, his business, uh, the school there. God, that, uh, Lord, it looks like the devil might be trying to win one here, but we know that you're bigger than him. And we pray, God, that you'd be faithful to be with Daniel, give him wisdom, whether to fight or whether to roll, whatever should do, God, that he would just be um, your agent, your ambassador in that part of, the world, part of the earth and extend your kingdom, Lord, for all things he does. So protect our brother, be with him, we pray this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Um, so pardon me if I uh, play with my little iPad here. This is my brains. You know, I don't, I don't have a notepad. I, this is my notepad. Um, parenting. Uh, my resume is, is Kyle mentioned. Most of you probably know me. Some of you don't. I just met a young lady this morning that I had not met before. So some of you don't know me. So I'll do a brief resume. Who am I and how, how can I possibly be qualified to speak about parenting today? Uh, I, wa- I am the son of two loving parents. Uh, that are still married and, and have a, a great life. Uh, I am also the wife, husband of my wife, Libby, for 40 years this, this day and 41 then this year. Father of three married children, one of which is here today, Kelly and Dave, and grandfather of six grandkids. And I've seen the best, I believe, 
And arguably, I've seen the most challenging of times as a parent. And uh, someday I may all share more of that story, some of the challenges I've had or we've had as a family. I'm not a perfect guy, so if you're looking for somebody up, stand up front today to kind of tell you how to do it the right way. I'm not a perfect guy, but I have been radically saved by grace. And I'm committed to serving him the best that I possibly can. And so uh, I've done plenty of things wrong in my life. We're not going to highlight those today. That would take too much time. Uh, plus, I'd cry too much. But today, I'd like to focus on a couple things. Uh, I remember the movie uh, City Slickers where the one guy asked the other, what's the one thing? What's the one thing that matters most in your life? And it can really boil it down sometimes. It's just a couple things that really matter. So if I leave you with one thing this morning, it's that you should be all about blessing your children. It's all about blessing. All the other stuff is important, but blessing is, I believe, the most important. And I'm going to talk about what it means to bless your kids. And also, you can use these same principles to bless your friends, your spouse, your coworkers, your boss. All these things can be relevant in terms of relationships, but certainly you want to apply them to your children. Uh, the first thing I want to do is um, focus on you. Um, it's not about you, but you are certainly the start. So if you're married and you have children, then it's all about your marriage. If you're single, mom or dad, then it's all about you and your friends. Don't ever do this alone. Uh, raising children is a full contact sport. It requires a, a team, a village, as you heard it. And so anybody that's operating on their own uh, should not. You should align with as many people around you that love you and love your kids as possible. And certainly love your wife. There are limitless books on this. John Dobson's got a bunch. There's all kinds of things that you could study. Uh, again, I'm going to just focus on a couple things today. And uh, the points are basically that you are the repository of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, He is in you. And He wants you to behave like He's in you. That's the first point. And I'm going to go to the... I think it's, hey, uh, John 14 is a great scripture for that. I'm going to read a little more than you see there, uh, the whole text. Uh, believe me, this is John 14, 11. I pick up there in verse 12. Believe me that I am in the Father. This is Jesus talking, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. He said, believe that the Father is in me, or look, look at what I do. It's pretty obvious by the way I act that something's going on here with the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. That's a pretty profound statement. Jesus did some arguably pretty cool stuff and amazing stuff. And he says, you know what? Those who believe in me, you can do this too. Because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Oops. There we go. goes on to say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He didn't say, keep my commandments to get my love. And I think as Christians, religious thinking makes you think, well, if I do the right things, God will love me more. And if you think that, that's going to come right through your kids. If they do better, you'll love them more. You may not tell them that, but if you act that way, it'll come across to them. It says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You do, you do the right things that God tells you to do because you love him. It's out of your heart. It's a heart matter. It just turns the whole thing upside down. I will ask the Father who will give you another helper, praise God for that, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, 
for he dwells in you. And if you don't know him who dwells in you, get to know him who dwells in you. Talk to the Lord. Ask him, what does this mean that you are in me somehow? He promised it. He said it. So if you don't understand that very well, ask the Lord to give you some illumination of that, what it means to have Christ in you, which is a pretty crazy thing to even consider, that he would even do that for us. One of my other favorite scriptures, those that know me probably get sick of me quoting Galatians 5. I know there's a few here that have probably heard me quote this more than a thousand times, but I think it's so true the foundation of if we, if we know that Jesus loves us, we'll act a certain way. And again, as parents, and this is a lesson on how to be a good parent, or how to be a good friend, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Dwell on these words, peace, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's against such things there is no law. All those who belong to Christ, Jesus Christ, have crucified the flesh with passions and desires. So these things should come out of us because Jesus is in us. And if they're not coming out of us, and there's times when it doesn't for me, there's times that I don't show much patience, I don't show much joy, I don't show much forbearance. When that happens, it's really me stepping in the way of the Holy Spirit. And if my friends, my wife loves me enough, which she does and they do, they'll say, hey, you know, you're stepping in front. Where's this fruit of the Spirit that should be evident in your life? So again, as a, as a parent, um, pray for God to give you these things, help you understand what these things mean, so you can exhibit them to your children and to your friends. As I mentioned last week, Tim talked about Tim Butler talked about managing conflict in marriage to build a strong marriage relationship. He taught us that all these these works and relationships lead to a healthy life. So, handling conflict is, a, is an important part of relationships. And I would say to raise emotionally strong and healthy kids. You need to be strong and healthy too. It's hard to give health if you don't have health. So if you don't have health, seek the Lord to get healthy yourself. Another favorite scripture I think is relevant here to parenting. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Ephesians really hits it hard on that. Your marriage is a living, breathing example of covenant relationships. Model this for your kids young and old, and for your friends. Being a single mom or dad is different, obviously. Raising kids, as I mentioned earlier, is a team sport. It's not easy, raising children. And to have the balance of relationships is important. So find, if you're a single mom or dad, find brothers and sisters in the Lord, a grandparent, a parent, someone that loves Jesus, to, to come around you, to help you, balance you out, to help you, call you, if you're not exhibiting Galatians 5, character and behaviors. To call you out if you're not loving your kids as, as you should be. The greatest gift you can give your kids is to show them your all-consuming love for Christ. That's it. If they see you loving Jesus Christ and you have a solid relationship with the Father in heaven, that will help them someday understand what that means for them. I'm going to read that again. The greatest gift you can give your kids is to show them your all-consuming love for Jesus Christ. What should flow from this passion is also your love for your neighbors, which certainly includes your immediate family. Extending beyond this circle of influence is your desire to live a pure and undefiled spiritual life, which is demonstrated by, as it mentions in the word in James 1, visiting orphans and widows in distress, keeping yourself unstained from the world. Pray that your example of love will have a great impact on your kids. John 15, verse 12 says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another. 
as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than someone laid down his life for his friends. And when you have that kind of spirit in you, that will bless your children and your children's children. So that's the first point, uh, is that you have Jesus in you and behave accordingly. And that there's provision for you to behave accordingly. When you, when you fall short of behaving accordingly, there's, God's going to be faithful to point that out to you through your friends, your spouse, maybe your kids. But be accountable to that. Never try to dodge that. It's key. The second point I want to make today is I believe children of every age, I've got children in their 30s, every child loves to know that they're blessed. Blessing is an unconditional love, and it's approval that comes from a healthy relationship with their parents. You as a parent are the key, a key person to give your children blessing and feel that security of blessing. It's a life-changing gift, essential for instilling a deep sense of self-worth. This whole world is crowded with people that have very terrible self-worth, insecurities, inferiorities. And a prescription is Jesus Christ. A prescription is a blessing and love from parents and friends. Yes, counseling can be very important to point that out to someone, but ultimately it's, it's God entering their life, often through somebody. That may be you. Certainly for your kids it is. Okay, I'm going to make this a little, hopefully, practical. Um, there's five things. I read a book, um, actually heard a tape series, probably... 20 years ago, I don't even know if Kelly remembers this, we were driving back from Florida and I had a cassette tape series in the car and I had, I hate to drive long distances, some of my friends know that, but I was driving long distance, so I was, careful Mark, uh, so I was, I was killing time by listening to this series on The Blessing and uh, it's by John Trent, Gary Smalley, if you ever want to read the book, The Blessing by John Trent, Gary Smalley, it's an awesome book, this is where this text is coming from. It talks a lot about the Old Testament stories and how the patriarchs that often talked about Abraham, Isaac, uh, Moses, etc., blessed uh, their children and also blessed those around them. And, and some of the texts I'm going to talk about is out of Genesis with, with Isaac. So the first point is meaningful touch. There's five things. Meaningful touch, a spoken message, speaking things in your children's life, attaching high value to them. Picturing a special future, talking about the future for your kids and talking about it with them and, and encouraging them in that special future they might have in an act of commitment that there's something beyond just speaking. You've got to do something about it. And again, I won't say that I do all these things perfectly, but it's definitely been something on my heart that I do uh, make myself accountable to. So meaningful touch. Genesis 27, 26. Isaac says, Come near and kiss me, my son. If you remember, this is Jacob and Esau. Jacob did a little swoopy doop and ended up with a blessing. Uh, I won't go through the text there, but Jacob really wanted his father's blessing desperately, so much that he lied, cheated, and stole to get it. Now, I don't advise that um, at all, but Jacob got his father's blessing. And that is abs- the, the, the amount, of, amount of emphasis the Bible puts on that is huge. Getting the father's blessing, it's, it's absolutely critical. Uh, to a person's sense of well-being and worth. And it wasn't just the blessing of words. It was actually touch. He laid hands on him. In fact, he t- touched him and said, Are you really Esau? You, you feel like him. You smell like him. Yeah, you must be. Because, again, Jacob kind of fooled his father. But it was all about a touch as well as words. Uh, there's an uh, article 
by Dolores Krieger, professor of nursing at New York University. She did a number of studies in the, on the effects of laying on of hands, actually touching. And what she found is that in some, some study that, that the, both the toucher and the touchy, the one being touched, receive a physiological benefit from this. She found that, and this, God made us, right? He's, we're made in God's image. He made us. He made us this way. This wasn't like an accident. The fact that touching has so much value um, in how we're wired, how God made us. She found that the uh, hemoglobin in both people's bloodstreams go up during the act of touching. Hemoglobin levels are invigorated. The body tissues receive more oxygen. Healing happens faster. This energizes a person and can even aid in regenerative healing process if he or she is ill. So just the fact of touching, holding hands, kissing, hugging, touching has physiological value. Not, not just a sense of well-being psychologically, but even in terms of physically. There's just something about touch. Jesus touched the children. Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. They were bringing the children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. Hey, you know, back off. He's more important than this. But Jesus saw it, and he was indignant and said, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for such things belong to the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child should not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying hands on them. That, those are not castaway words. Those are very important words. Jesus touched the children. There's something about touch. Jesus healed the leper. <laughs> leper. The leper. He healed a leper, too. He did, yeah, he's in the NBA. Uh, so Jesus healed the leper by touch. Now God, as you know from some stories, the centurion story where Jesus healed the centurion's servant because of just his words. God's words have power. Okay, certainly. But there's something about touch. There's just something about touch. Um, I know one thing I've done with, with my kids and grand, with my grandparents is try to, to lay hands and bless and pray for them. And I think it's important for you as a parent to... to be a touchy, even though you may not like to touch, you may be not a hugger, uh, that's okay, get over it, and, um, and touch your kids. Meaningful touches on the shoulder, on the head, just touches are wonderful things for your kids to know you're there, just that touch point. So first, don't be a, uh, shy on meaningful touches, meaningful touches. The second is, maybe, help me out, Joe. Oh, I got them all there. A spoken message. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue." Ouch! Ouch is my word, by the way. Uh, Abraham spoke a blessing to his son Isaac. Isaac spoke a blessing to his son Jacob. Jacob gave a verbal blessing to all twelve of his sons. He spoke things into them. When God blessed us with His Son, when God sent Jesus, it was His word, His spoken word, that became flesh. Interesting metaphor there, isn't it? Genesis 1, it's God's word that spoke the world into existence. God says it's so, so it's so. It happens. Well, when we say it's so, we're made in God's image. So we say it's so. Guess what? There's power in our words. By the way, it's not just my opinion. James said in chapter 3, verse 8, Look at the ships. They're there so large and driven by strong winds are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so the tongue, such a small member, yet it boasts of great things. With it, our tongue, we bless the Lord our Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and curses. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Yeah, that little song, be careful, little um, kid what you hear. How's that song go? Yeah. 
be careful what you hear, be careful what you speak. Words have power. And so I know I've blown it more times than I can care to think. And when you do, at least realize that your words can bring both blessings and curses. Now, something I pray every morning is for my children. I pray for blessing upon them. I pray for words of blessing upon them every day because I know there's enough out there that gives your kids and you curses that speak against you uh, as a parent, as a grandparent, as a friend, to speak words of blessing. The third point of blessing your children is attaching high value. Be the parent that seemingly is there because your kids have value. You know, I have a, I have a very challenging job. I travel quite a bit, and I, and I have been for a while. And something that's, that I really try to do, again, I can't say I'm always successful at it, is to make sure my kids know they come first. When I get a phone call from one of my kids, uh, Al might be interested in this, at work, in the middle of a meeting, I might take the call and say, hey, it's an important, it's important supplier. I gotta, it might be one of my kids. Um, because my kids are so valuable to me. And when they call, I want to reach out and touch them. And obviously, there's times when it's just not appropriate. Um, but make sure your kids know they have value. They're not just like an also. They're part of the primary reason why we exist as, as a people is to, is to care for our children. And so giving them high value. And again, I, this, is, this is my own personal uh, preference or personal, I guess, um, encouragement to you. Um, it's sometimes difficult to do, but my advice to you is be there for your kids. It says you're valuable. Kids' baseball game, f- football game, hockey game, theater presentation, maybe even something you don't really enjoy. Uh, got a chance to spend a lot of time in dance contests in high school. I loved every minute of it, Kelly. It was awesome. Um, but you know, there's something about showing value to them. They know they're valuable, and you can show that tangibly. And by the way, high value is not attached to their, your child's accomplishments, although it's really good, good to say, well done, way to win that award. But just because they're wonderfully and beautiful made, made with a purpose... They're valuable even when they lose. They're valuable even when they say something nasty to you. They're valuable even when they trip and fall. To continue to show them the value that they have in Christ. And in Genesis 27, 20, Genesis 27 verse 27, 29, again back to that story. See the smell of my son it is the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. So even as he's, as he's talking, he's talking about the smell of his son being something that is of a, a field that is blessed. Can say all kinds of things about the smell of your kids, right? I'm not sure that comes right to mind for me, but he knows the value of showing value to the kids. May God give you of the dew of the heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you. Let nations bow down before you. Let the Lord be your, over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. That shows, that shows value. So speaking words of value. Uh, speaking words of value of a wonderful future for your kids. Value that's not based upon necessarily reality, because uh, I'm a reality guy, and I might look at what someone wants to do in the future and go, how in the world are you going to do that? That seems impossible. Well, God's the God of impossible, and speaking words of value to your children, even their ideas about the future. The next one is, the fourth is picturing a special future. Some of these overlap a bit, obviously. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says this, For I know the thoughts I have for you. Think about you saying this to your children. I know the thoughts I have for you. 
says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's the thoughts I have for you. Genesis 27, back to that story again. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. Cursed everyone who curses you and blessed those who bless you. Saying those affirming words of picturing a future for your kids is so important. God has given you a sensitive heart. As an example, you've got a kid that's really sensitive. Every time they say something, it hurts their feelings. One thing to say to them is God's given you a sensitive heart. I would bet you someday you're going to end up helping people when you get older. Or you're such a great helper. When you grow up, you're going to be such a help to your family and your friends. Or I'd see you're trying to pick up the violin, even though it may sound like a bunch of screeching right now. God, I could see God someday using that in your life. Affirm them. Speak things that picture a future for them that's for them. Jesus said in John 12, verses 2 to 3, about the future. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go and prepare a place for you. I was just talking to Al the other day about this. He mentioned that it's been 2,000 years since Jesus walked the earth. And he said, then, I go and prepare a place. Well, God created the earth in, you know, heartbeat. There, so he created the universe like that. So um, what's he doing for us in heaven to prepare a mansion? He goes and prepares a place for us. So God, Jesus died, went to heaven. He's there, and he's preparing a place for us. Talk about a future. And I'll come again to receive you to myself. That's where I am. There you may be also. Do not state, and I guess what I would also encourage you is do not despise. Do not despise a day of small things, even though it may seem little today. Um, see a future that's got promise and hope, certainly for your children. You know, you might have a kid that looks like a caterpillar. All right? It, the butterfly it will become is sometimes difficult to see. You see your kids in all their, all the mess of raising children and learning and growing and the challenges and such, but there's a caterpillar that's going to become a butterfly. And, um, and for you to see their future that's beyond where they're at right now is really important because it's really hard to kind of focus on the now. Have vision and hope for your children. Okay, the last point in the book, it talks about the first four elements, meaningful touch, spoken message, attaching high value, and talking about a special future are the building blocks. And this last one is the glue. It's the mortar. And it's really important. It's one thing to talk a great game. It's another to live it. So my comment there is be there. A uh, quick story. Um, when when I was raising, we were raising our children, uh, I'm an early-to-bed guy, an early-to-rise guy. I don't do well after 9 or 10, typically most nights. And so that's how I structure my life. Well, my oldest son, Jeremy's a night bird. He likes to be up at night. And he would often come into our room 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night and go, hey, Dad, you awake? <laughs> Heck, no, I'm not awake. I'm a light sleeper too, which is maybe good. But, and a couple of times I said, you know, can we talk in the morning? Because I was just dead tired. And my wife, who was wise, said, hey, dummy, when are you going to get another time to talk to your son when he comes to you? So I had to buck it up, 11 o'clock at night for me, which is middle of the night, and have a meaningful conversation with my son, Jeremy. That's active commitment. That was not what I wanted, believe me. And I resisted it. But I had to overcome that, that self-desire for my own world 
to get into the world of my son. And I could tell many stories of that for all my kids where I've had to learn, sometimes successfully, sometimes I had to be encouraged to do it right, of just being there. Um, I love that phrase. I know Ken Jenkins is quiz. Ken here today? Yeah, he is. The, the, uh, what's that phrase from the Russian? There's a qual- quantity has a quality all of its own. Qu- uh, quoted by the, uh, the Russian... Um, Say it again? General. General. And, uh, you know, when they Russians just throw bodies at the front line, there's something about quantity. Well, with raising kids and, and being there, it's not just quality time. Sounds cool, right? I got quality time with my kids. Well, guess what? 11 o'clock at night may be the quality time of the kid, and it's not your time. It could be any time of the day or night. So, really, it's as much quantity. You just have to be there uh, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, to be there for your children and showing active commitment. It says in James 2, verse 15 and 16, If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm, be filled, I'll catch you in the morning, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So by faith itself, it does not have works, is dead. So faith by itself is dead. You need to have works to go with it. Again, you don't do the works to get the favor. You do the works because you want and appreciate the favor you already have. So you have that favor from Christ, show it. At Bonnery Covenant here, one thing we do is dedicate our children. I absolutely love it. It's probably one of the most spiritual moments of my time here is when we have the parents come up front with a baby or even more touching, an adopted child, and make, have the parents make a commitment to raise those kids under the fear and the love of Christ and do the right things. And, um, and then have us as a church say, we'll support Matt and Amanda, in your endeavor to raise your kids, or the Spencers with your 240 foster kids or whatever you have now. <laughs> um, that is just an amazing thing we do at our church, that I really encourage you to see that. When we have an opportunity to pray for our children, um, and you as a congregation to line up with those parents, take that seriously. Really search your heart. How can I help this parent do a, a better job? How can I encourage them? How can I strengthen them? And certainly if it's a single parent, how we, come, how we can come around them to help them. So that's what's on my heart. Um, again, if you don't remember anything from this morning's message, remember this, that God wants you to be a person of blessing, and he wants you to tangibly bless your children actively, to have touch, to speak words of life, to attach high value to them. Picture a special future for them and be actively engaged in their lives, not passively, actively. Go after them with all your heart, just like you do the Lord. So with that, I'm going to turn over to Amanda and for the, um, oh, one more last thing. I almost forgot I was going to do this too. Um, one thing we also do at our church is have communion every Sunday after the sermon, kind of our way of doing things. And uh, so up front, you'll see a, a glass of juice and some bread broken. And as you take communion today, as a reminder to what Christ did for you, Christ came on earth as a baby, had parents just like you and I do, and raised spiritual children through his disciples and us. So remember Christ, remember who you are in Christ, remember that Christ is in you, and be reminded that you want to do the right things because you love him, not to get more love from him. He already loves you 
more than you can possibly imagine. So remember the love of Jesus today and, and be willing to share that love with your, certainly your children, your friends, and your family today. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this message. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, God, that the, this word of blessing would settle in the hearts of every person here. God, that you would use us to further your kingdom in the lives of our children, our children's children, our friends, and our family here in this, in this area, Lord. Be with us, we pray this day. In Jesus' name, amen.